0: All right, folks. Welcome to the Kafaru Cast. Your host today is Aaron Snyder. Co-host is Frank, the Tank, Tort Life, Burrito Muncher,
1: Hispano <laughs> Peralta, <laughs> and your guest. Your guest today on the Kafaru Cast is Greedy Bowman. Burrito Muncher just sounds weird. Yeah, it's. Sounds a little dirty. I got big gaps in my teeth. I'm like the burrito shredder. (laughs) Don't laugh at that. Damn it. Oh, Lord. We thought we'd throw you guys off today and have Brian announce the podcast. It's bright and early on a Friday morning. Uh, We were supposed to do cardio this morning, but uh, a little windy. (laughs) Yeah. I actually got up at 5 a.m., which for me is sacrifice. I, know. Uh, I texted you shortly after and said, hey, dude, I came down to do an extra lap and I'm not going to do any laps. It's windy. Yeah, it was really cold this morning, 18 degrees in Evergreen. Yeah, it's 30 something where, we, but with so I mean, it's 34 mile an 34 mile an hour wind gusts, so it was pretty bad. Yeah, Frank, what were you doing? Cold weather's not for me. You were sleeping, weren't <laughs> <right>? you?
2: <laughs> I've had a uh, sniffless for the last few days, so I was sleeping that off.
1: I noticed, I saw on the news yesterday that uh, gonorrhea has gone up. <laughs> State of Colorado and Denver specifically uh-huh. in age groups 25 to 32. Yeah, well, luckily you can't get that twice. But maybe you can. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lordy, that's funny. Oh, uh, that's crack, cracking me yeah, up. Yeah,
0: I didn't get to... I didn't hike the mountain. I was glad Aaron texted me secretly. It's like, yeah, I'm glad we're not doing that. Because I walked outside and it's like, wow, it's cold.
1: There was no secret on my end, I believe. I said, uh, I'm only hiking this if you come down because I don't want to. Uh, I was not into it. I got to the corner past the uh, the old crapper mm-hmm. and was like, yeah, it's uh, not for me. It, uh, it was bad on that corner. <laughs> I heard...
0: Frank, back to your uh, gonorrhea issue, mm-hmm. um, that if you breathe nasally as often as you can, that you'll,
1: it's a first line of defense against mm-hmm. germs and stuff. And it's harder to pick up chicks, so you shouldn't get technically gonorrhea then. Or was it syphilitis you got? Uh, Herpacipal. <laughs> I don't got nothing. <laughs>
2: Just, I said crabs in there too. I was like, what? You have crabs? That's what the doctor said. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) You did go to the doctor. I went to the dentist. Super weird. Tried to give me a physical.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What did you go to the doctor for the other day? Nasal stuff?
2: No, I just called the doctor. I called the nurse lady and she gave me some uh, antibiotic for sinus sinus infection or something or other.
1: Well, Amy had pink eye and normally I can lie my way through anything. And that nurse on the phone just wasn't having it where I failed was, uh, as I was trying to get her pink eye medicine, Mm -hmm. uh, obviously through me and, uh, they said, do you wear contacts? And I'm like, yeah. And immediately thought I knew better than that. And then they're like, well, we have to see if you have contacts. So then the lie got deeper. I was like, well, I'm leaving out of the country tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. They're like, well, we can get you in downtown at 8. I'm like, son, of a, so I drove over to the urgent care and skipped lying about having yeah. it myself. What would have been bad, though, is if I get pink eye and I'm like, look, I got it again. <laughs> like, you're like, sir,
2: how many times are you going to the strip club a week? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Who keeps touching your eye?
2: That's the only way you get pink eye, isn't it?
0: I don't really know. The strip Frank.
2: club? Yeah. Frank,
1: you're a weird dude. <laughs> you're a weird, weird dude. I, uh, yeah, I don't... I, Frank, I've actually never been to a strip club. Neither have I. Are you lying? No, I swear. Brian, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to that on you. Have you ever been to Hooters? Nope. No? I, well, I may have... I've had a burger there. I went once, and it just wasn't for me. Um, just not my thing. Uh, I don't... The burgers don't Hooters. even come with fries, man. I don't equate Hooters with a strip club, though. Like... It's pre. I mean, it's getting there. <laughs> I mean, I that's would bet. That's where they start. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get in trouble. Oh, I, by no course. means am I condoning that message. I'm not saying that chicks that work at Hooters also work at strip clubs. Yeah, so we, we were frank.
0: at the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers Rendezvous in Montana, and uh, we were um, we got done recording podcasts at like late, hadn't eaten all day, and Hooters had wings, and uh, we pulled over and grabbed some wings that night and. Yeah, wings Um, and balloons. You know, Mm -hmm. it wasn't like that, really. It was a lot of, like, um, just Montana. I don't know. It's a a pretty basic restaurant.
1: I caught an entire glass crew at one time at Hooters at, like, 2.30 in the afternoon, which is not lunchtime, um, when I was project managing. And, uh, obviously, they either didn't care... Or they didn't put two and two together that four glass trucks at one Hooters with the company logo on the side is easy to pick out. I'm not sure which one it was, but either way, I, that was the one time I went to Hooters and came in. I was like, what's going on, guys? Uh, how's the job going? And they're like, we don't know. We're at Hooters. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, oh, Lord. Uh, you know, so, this, uh, the uh, you just got back from um, Texas, right? Yeah. With Sloan. And uh Barclow. Yeah, Barklow. mm mm-hmm. Casey That's, there? Casey there. Casey and David.
0: And uh yeah, dude, that Texas hunting trip. Chasing Whitetails. It was fun. It was um it was just a, a camp of good dudes, but um I heard Barklow tore it up pretty good. <laughs> Barlow had a rough an unlucky series of days. <laughs> Didn't really get to see uh a good buck. I I had a horseshoe, you know, uh, I was a lucky dude. I, I ran it. I had a lot of opportunities and, but you know, it's weird. Have you been to Texas Snyder?
1: Oh yeah. My ex-wife has a, well, her family has a big ranch in the, the hill country Yeah, and dude, that's, you talk, I ran out of arrows, right? I mean, there's <laughs> just, now they have feeders there though. Yeah. And there's fences around them for the, sh- the sheep. I guess mm-hmm. they have sheep there. Um, so when I went down there, it was one of those, the family was there. Uh-huh. Can you kill something with that bow? Yeah. And then uh, uh, seven days later, I probably killed 45 animals and ran out of arrows. Jesus. I actually had to go to, I, what's that place called in Austin? Uh, there's a big archery range. I had yeah. to go buy more arrows. Um, but you don't have to have a tag for most animals down there. I mean, obviously, whitetails you mm-hmm. do, but... Bunch of the other, I didn't even know what I was shooting at, right? There was yeah. shit on that ranch that I didn't even know what it was. Yeah. Um, but they have a lot of feeders, so one way or another, you're going to – I didn't sit on a feeder for too long because I have ADD, but there was a lot there, of animals.
0: There's uh, – I think it's a Texas – it's pretty norm in Texas to have a feeder, you know. I and so. uh, Sloan – it's it's thousands of acres, Sloan's family ranch, and there there are feeders all over. You know, you can sit over a feeder if you want to.
2: Is it but, fenced in or is it not is
0: No, it, it's not yeah. fenced. It's all, and it's interesting because it, there's pump jacks everywhere and there's oil companies that are like pumping oil. It looks like kind of like oil fields, mm-hmm. but with agricultural crops. So there's rye fields. There was like three rye fields uh, on the property as well. And then, um, and then it was just kind of like uh, just scrub brush and, and grass, lots of, lots of sand burrs and stuff like that windmills everywhere it i mean it was kind of there were uh, like dudes in power trucks you know driving all around excel energy and stuff and um, power companies oil company dudes just cruising the property all day checking pump jacks and all of that so you're kind of hunting in the middle of more more human traffic than i expected you know and then you got the fields, and you can kind of sit the fields. But um, Sloan climbed up, we, we got to a high point. You know what a high point looks like in Texas? The top of like the like building. a building. <laughs> top of like a pump house. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're on this corrugated roof of a pump house that gets you about 10 feet off the ground. And then you can like see some distance. So, and we, start, we saw a lot of deer running around. That was the best way to get big bucks, was actually spotting stock. And so, um, we climbed up on the pump, pump house and there's also some oil, like, like oil containers and stuff, mm-hmm. big, big, tall ones that you could, they had ladders. You could climb to the top of that. Probably not supposed to, but we did. And you climb up there in glass and it's just like Alberta, except that the cover's a little thicker. Like, you know, in Alberta you have... Brush stands, and then there's a lot of stuff that's what twelve inches tall. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> yeah, this stuff was more like you know two feet to three feet tall. Yeah, and so you could still bed them though. Put them put them bed just like you do in Alberta. Where were you guys at there? Not right at in the but... Panhandle. Okay, and so we're not far from Oklahoma. Um, were there hogs and stuff running around? Or yeah, I saw like thirty hogs. You guys kill any? I tried so that's another thing like so we we, with the deer you can spot them and then you can let them bed and usually there's a hot there's a buck with a hot doe and he will not leave her they go into a thicket and they lay down now it's like just like alberta you got all day to kind of put a sneak on them and and try to get in close and shoot one and it to me that was a much more productive use of time at least with the rut where it's at because these bucks were finding a doe, and then they were just holding up with her in this in a thicket for three days, right? They're not wandering through pinch points looking for does. I mean, it looked like they pretty much, the big bucks, the, the scarcity of does wasn't so high that it forced bucks to move around. Mm-hmm. So I like the spot and stock aspect because it felt like Alberta, and you had more control over targeting an older deer instead of... There's a lot of young deer that came through, mm-hmm. but Sloan wanted us to shoot some older animals or 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 does if you're going to shoot something just to shoot you know he's like shoot a doe um and it's a one buck county so in texas in the area we were at so you can only shoot one buck so once you filled that buck tag it was over um but the pigs frank the pigs were you could shoot them with a rifle like could just lay them down but with a bow Sloan's like pigs are dumb. They're so easy to sneak up on. They're, they're they can't hear and they can't see. You just go, and you just shoot them. Go get one. My experience is pigs aren't that dumb. They're a lot harder to kill than yeah. Sloan gave the. What, what are your thoughts on pigs?
1: It depends. So when I was down there, they you know what I mean. Like when we would go, I didn't know where all the feeders were, so um, I had a guy with me. And if you snuck in on a feeder after you knew it went off within the first few minutes, you could get in there and shoot them. But as far as the, like if I just saw pigs to try to sneak, they were usually in these creek bottoms uh-huh. and it was loud and it was hard to get on them. But it was crazy as you'd be walking through, you'd kick them up in this tall grass where they bedded. Um, uh-huh. I mean, if you worked at it enough, you could kill them. But the ones that were easy to kill for me were the ones <laughs> eating that corn. The one I shot in the shoulder that tried to eat me, was blowing <laughs> corn up um, from it was underwater. The corn he'd stick his nose down and blow in the water, and then corn would then eat it real fast. And then, um, that's a smart pig, yeah. The uh, he was, I tell you what, um, I didn't know about that cartilage plate at the time. I sh- I think I was shooting a 105 pound Matthew Safari uh-huh. with a 2317. I got a solid inch and a half of penetration <laughs> in that cartilage plate, Holy and uh, the guy was like, You better fucking it's run, like shield, yeah, yeah so
0: on the pigs uh, there weren't his property doesn't have a lot of pigs on it just just a few mm. but i mean i think pigs are like rabbits like once they get there they can start multiplying oh dude crazy. i bet yeah so the, the the pig days are probably coming um but they don't sloan had tons of photos you know game cameras set up all over the place you know they've been hunting it for years and years and there weren't a lot of pigs yeah. On the game camps, like they don't come into the corn much. I don't know if they just know
2: better. They've probably been shot at a ton.
0: Yeah, what few there are there right now, they're pretty smart. They're pretty. And so we were sitting there hunting, right? And all of a sudden, you hear boom,
1: boom, boom,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, okay. And there's some big bucks running around. And I'm mm-hmm. like, is someone whacking these things? <laughs> like, because they're a hundred. You can hear the shot going off a 200 yards away. And um, but everybody kind of knows everybody around there so everybody's calling who's shooting you know on the phone you know and sloan's like oh so and so like rancher just shot two pigs he said we can come get them if we want them later yeah
1: there's some strange shit that goes on in texas uh one of the things that i found a bit of an anomaly maybe you could say was in south texas was the ford f-350 with a tripod blind bolted in the fucking back of it mm-hmm. with a feeder on the tailgate, <laughs> shooting corn out the back of the truck. And then when the pigs and deer would come to the road, they had pulled down farther and then they would shoot. I don't know if that's considered fair chase if you're in a tripod because of the bumps in the road. Yeah. But it was in the back of a truck. Only in Texas have I seen that. it's well,
2: like straight Ted Nugent style.
1: Yeah. I, I talked about hunting Texas, um, you know,
0: on – I posted some – picks pics of the bucks on uh, Instagram, and some people made jokes about you know it's real. It's yeah, like hunting white tails over corn feeders is really hard. You know, maybe it's and he was just being funny. He's like, he, why it, Maybe if you used a spear, that might make it a little harder. Um, <laughs> was he I like a that. vegan? Was he a vegan? I, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. No, he killed some animals. I saw it on his page, but yeah, no, he was. He was just. It. There is that. Like you could make your, any hunt into whatever you want. And in Texas, mm-hmm. it's certainly the case because it doesn't feel like there's a lot of rules.
2: Well, in a lot of those places, if there wasn't feeders, you'd probably never see anything, right? With the, mm-hmm. the, the amount of thick brush and stuff. Mostly I've never been down the there, there,
1: Thick feeders in the bordering areas. If I mean, No,
0: I think what it is is I don't think that habitat holds a lot of, mm-hmm. of uh, feed, mm-hmm. you know, like high quality feed. So you're not going to grow a real big bucks or or healthy you know or or a big buck population on like the the burnt weed grass that's there mm-hmm. because so it's sort of like the montana hunt snyder and i were on they had a big fire you know they and all the all the the natural feed was kind of gone and those elk were coming down and hitting that alfalfa in mm. mass
1: like There wasn't that many. There was only five or (laughs) six (laughs) hundred.
0: Right. So, and I think they said that area just had like 1,200 elk total in it. So fully the half the population in that unit was like on that field.
1: I shit you not. When Brian got dropped off at the telephone pole (laughs) and I got dropped off at the fake uh, hay bale blind and they were coming like to the arc coming down this hill and they're coming right to Brian and I'm like, huh. They're going to walk right freaking to him. And uh, the wind wasn't, I don't know how they all didn't blow out. I don't know if they ever smelled. But either way, I'm, I'm snapping photos. Like, I wish I had that 600 millimeter lens then. Yeah, Because yeah, um, yeah. that thing will reach I mean, it can see the future. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But it was the same, and that wasn't even all of them. A couple nights later, there was even more coming down. It was crazy. But and, you get a food source like that, it's going to happen.
0: Right. And I think that it, they said that uh, Montana Fish and Wildlife, their, their, their goal, population goals for that, are, has exceeded that by like uh, uh, 200% for that area. Based on the natural feed. But the thing is, is because they're augmented so heavily with agricultural crops, it can sustain way more elk wow. in that location than, than nature would allow. Right? Yeah, they didn't look skinny. <laughs> and I think the same is true here in, in Texas. By having corn feeders stacked everywhere across, you know, everybody's land, you know, these deer get a lot more feed than they would naturally get on that landscape. And then you have the crops as well, and they usually leave a lot of uh, extra there when they harvest, so there's plenty for the deer. And it's interesting because we, what I learned was the deer hammer the rye fields. I bet. Um, except for when it gets super cold. And then when the temps drop, they all seem to want corn. And I don't know if it's just the sugar maybe helps them keep – you know, stay warmer or something, or put on fat, I don't know, but they seemed to really love the rye when it was hot, and they wouldn't touch the corn, and then there were days when they seemed to just hammer the corn when it got cold, so it's, it's kind of interesting how predictable that was. I've never hunted in an area like that, but we ended up glassing the, the rye fields because they'd have 100 deer in it, and then in the morning, they would disperse out of the rye fields, and Some of them you'd lose track of, but these bucks would follow these does and they would literally just bed in some thicket. And you're like, and what was cool was there's so many like oil field, oil companies driving their trucks on these sandy dirt roads that most of the time you're within 50 yards of a thicket and you can sneak up on them on a sandy road. Mm. And so you're not walking through grass or anything loud. And so your stock was pretty easy to, to put on. It was it, I, to me. I thought it was tailor made for stock spot and stock with a bow. Um, but they they hadn't really done it there. Uh, they've always just kind of stand. Yeah. So <clears throat> did anybody else kill one spot and stock style, or was it just you? Um, Sloan almost killed twice spot and stock. Almost twice, like so close. <laughs> Uh, one one time he was like 25 or 30 yards from a buck, which is ironically the same buck I shot. Uh, um, he got to 25 or 30 yards of it, and he had a heads-up decoy, and he was in the wide open. So he kind of used the decoy, and, the, and the, that kind
1: of spooked the buck. Um, uh, the Big Ginger and I tried that, too, <laughs> out east, and uh, the mule deer didn't want to— What's your theory on the decoy? I think in the right place, in the right time, you'll get ran over with it. I think in the wrong place at the wrong time, they will run away from you at a pretty decent pace. Um, the so buck- when would you use it? Man, I tell you what, for whitetails, it seems like it works um, a bit better than with... Mule um, deer. Mule deer, but I think it seems like the earlier, probably the better. Mm-hmm. It seems like once they have does around and, and every, you know what I mean, and yeah. everything else, they're not as apt to, to bounce and head towards the... The decoy Honestly, i haven't done it enough um we tried and um it just didn't it didn't work and then i um the thing with where we're at there's so many you know, big deer di- like there's this uh it was just a strange deal you know we i mean the the, the white tails are licking the ground following this doe and then yeah. pretty soon there's like eight white tails three of them four of them over 160 one close to 190 running the wrong direction but obviously this um you know this 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 dough was hot and uh you know the the ones that came in like an hour later and caught the scent I mean it looked like a hound dog licking the ground and of course they're going the wrong way yeah. uh and I mean Alex has uh got a bit of a sense of humor to him anyway I mean he's funny and when we first pulled in and we were doing uh okay you think I stalk fast right <laughs> not, not even no, close. No, I don't. Like I had, it was a stretch for, you got to walk to keep yeah. up with Alex. He's fast. And tall, he's so he's damn deep. tall, man. He's mm-hmm. got like a 38 inch inseam. And at first, you know, I'm keeping my thoughts to myself because he's killed so many big deer and, and mm-hmm. he's very clear. Like when they do the cornrows in early season, he's very, very silent. And, but in this point in time, it just doesn't make sense to do that. And, and I can see why now, because... You got to get ahead of them because once they get in this thick stuff it doesn't matter. You many times we would pass uh super slow, super quiet uh this this thicket or whatever you want to call it and uh you might if a buck stood up and had a giant rack, you might see the top of a track. maybe if you were looking hard. Yeah. So the thing was is if you move fast enough they they they're so jammed in there they don't come out. It's actually almost beneficial in some ways to make noise because they'll at least stand up Uh and um with being able to shoot a little bit of distance um you know the idea being you know get a shot but it was almost worse for well it wasn't almost for mule deer it was almost worse or worse that they were in the rut because they had so many does and stalking on them just wasn't they weren't having it but it wasn't like we didn't see a lot of deer that i'm like yeah I'll, i'll i'll kill that one And he's like, no. And I'm like, yeah, no, I will. And he's like, no, you don't want to kill that. And I'm like, no, no, I do want to actually kill that. Uh, We had one. I'm not surprised. Oh, it was funny. Uh, We had one dumber and shit walking in front of the truck, Uh just driving down. And I was like, dude, I can kill the shit out of that right now. He's like, yeah, no, no, no. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he's like, it's old enough, but it's small. And I'm like, well. I mean, that's a matter of opinion. I mean, that deer's 160-some <laughs> inches, and he's like, yeah, no. But the one deer that was we should have probably killed that I had a shot at the first day always um, looked to be like a 28 to 30-inch wide 2 by 3 that's probably 8 years old. In fact, it may be dead now. Um no, really? It, it, it was with 13 does. We made this big loop, and one of the does saw us, and we just stood there to make sure he was there. And this is from 500 yards away. Mm -hmm. Well, the does picked up and took off, and he took off with them, and he wasn't doing good. Um, Yeah. I mean, he's not making it through the winter if he's still alive now. Um, But there's some big deer. I'm going, I think, back out there soon. Um, The rifle season's over with pretty quick. We saw a couple of just
0: stud bucks in Texas. Was it all white tail? That looked, Yeah that look like sacks of bones oh big old antlers with they look like their hip bones were all sticking out their shoulders their spine like they big old racks you know you could tell they just rutted hard and they're just old and uh but some cool deer but they were i mean i saw i saw those deer only like one time Mm -hmm. and um they're just hard to kill those older those older really old deer um the decoy thing, I'm I'm much more inclined to use the decoy. I like having a decoy there, but it's it's a last resort kind of thing for me. I, it's like if you're gonna get blown, or you know, or in the moment um, you're like you're at risk of just sitting right in the open. You're like, okay, I'm screwed either way. Then then I'm kind of like, well, whip out that decoy, might as well, mm-hmm. and then it, then it, and then it works, you know. But Anthony was, my buddy Anthony did the same thing hunting those open areas in Idaho near Hell's Canyon where you're sneaking up on a rolling hill on a, on a hundred head elk. He's trying to get within range. Well, he, um, if he, if he flashed the decoy, they were like, yeah, I'm out. Right. But every now and then, like you said, Aaron, it works. Yeah. And so there are times where he'd just creep in. And they were walking by him at like 70 yards, 60 yards. And they're going to see him. Like there's no cover. He's in the wide open. Well, at that point, he's like, you're going to get seen anyway. So it's like they're going to run when they see you. Yeah. They, they just know that that's – they don't mistake it for a rock usually or something. Like they know their bedroom. Mm-hmm. And so he pulls up that decoy and they see that and they're like, oh, an elk. And then they just – act. and as long as the first few – act like it's okay the rest of the herd seems to calm down a little just accept that it must be safe you know and then you get some shots you wouldn't otherwise get but but yeah i'm not i don't know decoys i when they've worked like you said i've had them just charge in but when they don't work most of the time i haven't had them work the animal runs off
1: yeah i think maybe too like if you were on a stock and you were gonna um you know, just pop up and something going on in the corner here. Does he have a snotty nose? What do you do? No, I spilled my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Danny came in with a paper towel. Frank's making a mess in the corner. Um, the uh, You know, you might get a couple extra seconds if you just pop up and you got a, right. a decoy attached to your bow. But I don't know what uh, the uh, the Big Ginger has in plan for us uh, on this next trip because, Brian, you still got a tag as yep. well. Mm-hmm. And I don't I, – I think – I, this is the big ginger and he, he may go try and kill a cat, but we may go out Saturday, but definitely next week. Um, the one area is like this big, uh, I I think, I think he and a buddy Lisa, but it's a big Creek bottom and we're walking across this Creek. I say walking, we're driving mostly right. And he's telling me, yeah, don't worry about it, dude. They don't blow out They're They're tucked in this thing pretty thick and we'll just pull the truck over and we get out and, he wasn't lying. Um, but there wasn't, there was one like seven by five. Um, it was what, what I would consider a management buck. And I snuck down and I was like, I'll kill it. And he's like, and I was calm, you know, I, yeah. Oh, you have it with me off. I'm yeah. like, I'll kill it from here. And he was like, no, no, you don't want to kill it from here. And I'm like, why? Well, I mean, I can, if you want me to kill it. from here. <laughs> and he was like, no, I don't want you to shoot it. And he was laughing. And then we drove down a little ways further and there was a coyote and he had the uh, uh, range finding binos and there's a coyote. The wind is blowing so bad that it there's a coyote under a bush thinking it has the uh, invisible cloak of, of, uh, Frodo. And, uh, I get out of the truck and I'm like, range it right. And I should have just shot this coyote. Um, and, uh, it was so close. This range finder doesn't range inside of 33 yards. And, uh, so I was closer than 33 yeah. yards from it. I should have shot it. But either way in that Creek bottom, they're pretty, pretty buried in or pretty, pretty tucked in but it was cool i mean we saw uh in, in fact i mean it it's good alex was there because who knows what kind of felonious act i may have committed um <laughs> there was a <laughs> one of the, like felony <laughs> there was one of the largest mule deer i've ever seen um in the wrong uh he's in the right unit in the wrong property and uh well within my effective yeah. range and i'm like can we get permission? He's like, no, no, it's whatever the guy that leases, he's explained it to me. And I'm like, well, why don't you, do you want to, so I'm legal as far as the unit? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, uh, do you want to maybe go to the bathroom or like <laughs> go? He's laughing. And I'm like, do take the bow from me? And he's like, what? And I'm like, you're going to have to take this bow from, we need to go. And, uh, you know, it was yeah probably, I mean, very rarely do you find that, you know, 30 inch inside spread. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well over 200 inches, or at least 200. He was he was cool about it. He was like, "We can't shoot it," and I'm like, "No, no, believe me. From here, we can. I, we can <laughs> shoot it from here." He's like, "No, it's whatever." And, and uh, I mean, obviously, I wasn't. I wouldn't be telling the story if I was going to break the law. But let me tell you what I seriously considered breaking the law, yeah. and it wasn't really breaking the the law, meaning the the fish and game. Aspect of it, it was the property boundary, mm-hmm. which sucked. So then we left, and I pouted for a good hundred yards and went back to the truck.
0: Well, in Texas, I had the opportunity to play around with my fancy slow motion camera, yeah, and shoot a lot of does, yeah, which are both. Um, it's very educational. Like it's it's really cool to first of all shooting a bunch of does really helps with the confidence because you don't get buck fever. The same way you do when some monster buck comes in, so you're a little more calm, your head's you know clearer, and then you make shots, you know, at at a pretty close range on some deer, and it, it kind of builds up that confidence, and which I think um, I I definitely needed. So sitting there, and I'm shooting does, and uh, and I'm recording the shots at 220 frames per second.
2: Oh, that must have been cool.
0: And you watch these deer like do the matrix Neo thing on you and it's mind blowing. Like even inside twenty five yards, the amount that they can move in a you know a couple sec a second is unreal. Unreal. And so Sloan said that Adam Green Tree told said that they they move at like thirteen hundred feet per second. Jeez. I don't know where Adam got
2: that fact. I saw a video he posted of an axis deer dodging an arrow, mm-hmm. but I don't know if it was if that was if you was talking about I, that arrow. I've heard or a that whitetail. axis
0: deer are stupid fast, yeah. like way even faster than a whitetail. But these mm-hmm. whitetail does, full on at 25 yards, I'm letting the arrow loose. I don't know what is my arrow going, Aaron? Deep
1: By two sixty-eight or two seventy-one, and it's four hundred and twelve grains. I think your arrow four eighteen something like that. And I, I mean, I don't, dude, as much in the last three years of what's gone on, but two specifically, cause when I hit the elk, mm-hmm. we're trying to figure out I'm winging arrows by you cause, of, yeah. cause of noise and I, man, I'm starting to um, really just go to the point of screw speed and have the silentest bow and arrow combination known to man kiss of the, the matrix sucks. Yeah. I
0: remember that, that buck you, you missed a few times, your very first, uh, Hunt we went on. I think that
1: was more me. But yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I, I not wouldn't. I mean, the way these deer can move, and you're shooting a trad bow, and it's dead, dead silent in that little pocket you were in. Like, yeah. I mean, it had to be like, like for a deer, but just, it
1: was one of the more quietest areas I've actually, you know, had that happen. Usually, there's a wind or elk or bugling or no, whatever. And, like
0: so quiet.
1: Yeah. And it, I.
0: I think without some other noises or distraction or a little wind or whatever, those deer freaking come unglued.
1: And it f- Fs off your fucking confidence. I Why did I say F off? The f <laughs> off. But But uh, because the first arrow, it probably ducked, you know, the string. And the second arrow, I, I was probably shitting my pants. And the uh, third arrow, I'm pretty sure we came to the conclusion I, I just winged an arrow. But uh, the other thing, too, is, you know, you shoot on a on Western big game for the most part. Let's say if you're most people, if they're lucky, get two animals a year or or one, you know, which is good. I mean, you know, public land or whatever. So, and that's usually an elk and elk don't, I wouldn't say predominantly duck the string like other animals. Mm -hmm. But if you start shooting, what have you shot this year? Seven, six animals. Yeah. I shot about that last year. Uh, Shoot about the same this year. You start to, you know, create your own mental algorithm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, my algorithm has come up there a lot fucking faster than your arrow, and you need to shoot some super quiet shit. Uh, remember, yeah, I was aiming I at the agree. knee in Alabama, yep, thirty yards away. A doe, no idea I'm there. Fed all the way to us, didn't hear me draw. That's and off body, yeah. You're aiming off body. I put it on, and I was shooting 288 um, heavy heavy bow, heavy arrow, but still loud. Um, aimed at the knee, hit it up by the spine, coming down at an angle through the shoulder and out the stomach. I mean, and it dropped it, but I aimed at the knee, um, which is, you know, crazy. And
0: same thing here in Texas. I, I took some shots and filmed it and, um, they were fatal, but it, they were not, not where I wanted them to be. And after watching a slow motion a couple of times, I'm like, okay, in order to hit that thing, like with a money shot, I need to aim like at the dirt yeah. under the armpit there, you yeah, know, like under the, behind that front leg. So the next couple of does, uh, that's how far I aimed off and I center punched them. Yeah. They were dropping more than a foot. I mean, it's, it, and they, and it was, it, the fear is you aim off like that and then the animal actually doesn't flinch. Yeah. But I haven't actually found that to be true yet. Yeah, I think they can't help it.
1: I think for like me, I always pretty much try to aim at the heart and we've talked about yeah. that even yeah. on elk or whatever, but, or that's my aiming point. But, um, I know for me, like this year coming up, um, one of the things I'm going to focus on is, is literally, and I, you'll always try and shoot a quiet bow, mm-hmm. but a heavier arrow. Um, I mean, even if I get to shoot 250 feet per second, if it makes my bow that much quieter, um, I may do that and just shoot like a 600 plus grain arrow, 650. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just, it was crazy. I, um, I, you know, I mean, get it quiet. Yeah, it is, because what's the speed of sound, Three thousand thirty, thirty-two hundred 3,200 feet per second, 3,000 feet per second, speed of sound, mm-hmm. something like that. Googling. Um, And uh, an arrow is only going 300, a fast one, you know, or three something, so you're not going to win out on, on that. And I think the the fletching broadhead combo has a lot to do with it as well. Um, 11, 1,125 feet per second. Um, speed of sound? Yeah. And then, oh, it's the speed of uh, light is three something. Is that right? Will you Googleize that? <laughs> I'm trying to hold on to hope that I have some brain power that I remembered something correctly.
0: But, but it, I think I'm kind of leaning. I'm leaning in that direction too. And there's another thing I thought I would tweak going in the next year. And
1: ah, question
0: for you: See, uh, what would you call that brush around that mule deer on the on that canvas print on your wall behind you? Like
1: scrub oak, yeah, like it's, yeah. Just say scrub, brush. scrub brush or oak brush, and it's hell and Jesus on mechanical broadheads. So that was <laughs> a, the
0: thing I was gonna ask you yeah. is, um, tell me, because uh, after having, uh, I, I mean, I we've, we've talked about mechanicals before, <clears throat> and um, it, in Texas, I just went straight fixed.
1: Yeah, and I just I think I'm gonna keep carrying both. Have yeah. to. Um, yeah, I've missed probably four elk and one mule deer that i know of from mechanicals opening um and that was about the same time where i start shooting both yeah and uh it doesn't take much um and that is much there there's a ton of shit in that picture um but you know in this case like i hit one of those pine branches that's the size of half a pencil lead yeah um that had no branches on it and it opened up my broadhead and you know, it didn't hit what I was aiming at. Um, uh, and so it went downhill from there.
0: Yeah. That, that Texas deer, I got a great, I got great video of it. He's standing in some brush about like that. And his, uh, vitals are covered and there's about two feet of it, two, three feet of it in front of him that you got to shoot through if you're going to hit him. And you know, I picked where I thought there was a pretty good pocket or opening. And, um, did it make it punch right
1: through? No, I mean, did you hit any, hit anything oh, on the way? Can, yeah. You can watch the video. You can hear right, it. Here.
0: <laughs> <right through>. It <laughs> crashes through some trees and, um, you know, um, it, but I, I shot a mechanical through a similar set of brush in Alberta and completely deflected. Uh, and I don't know, you know, I've thought about it since then, you know, replaying playing it in my mind. And, um, you know i think when you're shooting through brush that's a distance from the animal yeah and if it hits it's it's got a long way to the target still mhm and so i think it's losing a lot of momentum and it's and it's probably um deflected quite a bit but if you're punching through an animal and and he's and you're and and it's not going through brush until the last 2 3 feet of the animal yeah i think you have a pretty good chance of it just doing
1: the right thing well the problem we i mean uh frank and i have had uh well you too but not as as bad yet but um the the grave diggers and kill zones i think they switched metal on them and i've had uh frank and i mentioned uh-huh. it on a podcast what was that two weeks ago yeah a few weeks and i'd like i think eight or nine guys so far messaged me that they've shot kill zones previous years and this year's batch falls apart and the bright blades break And so (laughs) the epic broadhead dilemma. So the only reason I shot that buck in Alberta at the time with a fixed blade was the cattails and I had that hole and I had a kill zone on and I was like, man, this is shit. ain't going to pan out for me in a good way if I nick anything. And it's not like I have Hawkeye vision. So I, uh, I ended up throwing them, you know, like that. I should have done that on my buck too. Yeah, I had a lot more time, like eight hundred yards and three hours to get there to think about it. Um, which has a big part of it because if you load up a mechanical, but very few I mean, including me, I'm probably not gonna remember in the moment of truth, like, man, I need to swap to this shit out up. real quick. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what we're gonna do next year. We've heard of of a broadhead that we're that is going to be coming out that that we like. Um I've got pictures of another broadhead from a guy that i'm not supposed to talk about that looks promising um one way or another i'm probably going to shoot that cutthroat at least you know half the quiver um yeah just because of the penetrating and everything else i
0: think with a heavier arrow i'm I'm more comfortable with a but having been able to shoot a bunch of does and and a few Mm -hmm. animals i mean i i killed that elk with a cut on contact gravedigger broadhead expandable mechanical and um and it it went deep, all the way, you know, diagonal through the body, quarter and away, and hit the offside shoulder. Got good pen- penetration, um, and it was a, it was a long shot too. But I've had somewhere they just don't penetrate, Aaron. Like, yeah, like at all.
1: And I I think the the arrow weight is all of it. And I mean, I'm a I like you got a
0: lot of momentum.
1: Yeah, I've got a ton, and that's why I can get away with more than I probably should be able to, um, just because I'm shooting a 580 grain arrow at. Yep. two eighty something. Um,
0: yeah. Screaming.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I like heavy arrows and I didn't used to, I used to shoot lighter arrows and, yeah. um, da, uh, Darren Cooper, who's, a you know, used to work for Hoyt and, uh, you know, one of the smarter guys with a bow in his hand, mm-hmm. he talked about shooting a high country mule deer with a, the same setup we're talking about and, yeah. you know, in the 200 plus inch range and just didn't get the penetration coming straight down on the cliffs. Right. right. And, um, you know, I've had people, um, you know, tell me that oh, you you can't get through that with a fixed blade or a mechanical, and I'm like, I don't know, man. I've gotten through that several times, and I mean, you saw that buck. Actually, you didn't get to see where that went through. That buck in Alberta went through the scapula and broke the leg bone on the other side and kept going. Um, obviously, yeah. a lot of that's cut on contact fixed blade. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, Frank, what'd you shoot this year with the bow, and what broadhead?
2: Um. I was still shooting kill zones with my uh, high country mule deer. Those were 125s, just the standard. I think I was using a standard diameter arrow. Um, those were still black eagles. And then I only shot that doe in uh, in Utah with the FMJ injections.
1: And uh, And you hit that just a little far back, didn't you? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs>
2: and uh, that was with uh, uh, Iron Will Broadhead. Yeah. So I only got two bow kills this year.
1: Yeah. But you that your high country mule deer, that was a one and done thing, wasn't it?
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, double lunged it. The the uh actually the blades didn't break on that one, but I wanna th- I wanna say that I used broadheads from last year that I still had, mm-hmm. and then I bought new ones that I just had in my pack. So
1: And those are the ones he gave me, the new ones, and they're a different color, right? They're a blue. Mm-hmm. They suck shit, dude. I mean mm-hmm. one, two shots in a Reinhardt. That yeah. that, fucking, that broadhead target of mine looks like Hellraiser. I mean, there's broadhead broken blades all over inside of it. Mm-hmm. And now when they're breaking, I'm wondering am I hitting another blade or what? Yeah, but yeah. there wasn't a bunch of that was that new one they sent me and there wasn't a bunch of blades at first. I mean, now I wouldn't want to stick my hand in there. I'd probably die. <laughs> I,
0: I definitely want to shoot heavy. I want the bow to be quieter. It's a goal setting up this year. And I want to run a um, I think you know,
1: hey, I, try, I got all those carnivores with fifty grain brass inserts. Mm-hmm. I think I got four dozen of them. They're oh, yeah. flesh, you should grab those. Um
0: I that that'd be much better. I, I'm surprised by like I got pass throughs with uh so I shot um a few different fixed. I shot slick tricks, which I've been shooting for years. But I really like those G five strikers I shot. I and mean, you said they were really similar to another broadhead out there to whack them. So I've never shot those, those strikers right out of the box are like razor sharp. And, and, um, you know, I probably don't, I don't have the heaviest arrow or tip weight or speed. And, and so, but with those strikers, I was getting really good pass throughs on, on animals where the, the mechanicals were just kind of, they weren't going
1: all the way through. So, And those strikers are a good head. I mean, I you know as far as broadhead tuning, um, make any noise, and they shot perfect right out of the box for me.
0: I didn't have to tune much.
1: Yeah, no, they're good. I got sorry, my sorry listeners, my phone's going apeshit. Um, I uh I had that quiver issue. Well, whole bow and quiver issue in Canada, and uh, Prime had sent a new um quiver, but dude, I've moved seventeen times right so they should they deliver to the old address um on that note so i way off subject to squirrel um that uh they shipped those wraps to me um hmm. from from alaska and uh larry bartlett and he shipped it to my old address so that fucking fat guy that lives there I, he saw the truck pull up and he was on the porch and he went in and hid he wouldn't answer the door well he got him that guy. And I don't even know what to do. So who knows how much gear that dude has been receiving coming to my name from my old address. It actually irritates me. And I've, you know, I can't just, cause some people just send stuff to us. Right. Yeah. And they send it to the old address and I, who knows like what, what happened, um, on the story of old addresses and new addresses. Um, that's funny uh he said i'll call mtv so mtv cribs can come over did you listen to the common law podcast no uh, you should listen to that um so frank and i did the whole podcast on on common law and uh so i'll just tell it on this one this is like a little bit of like so we settled right before you and i in mediation went to canada yeah And uh, she had said she was worried about me having her future address, so I needed to pay her lawyer, and he would pay her. Mm -hmm. Well, you know the whole story of that. He wasn't getting paid. Well, he kept a lot of that money, (laughs) like a lot of my first payment. He didn't give it to her. So that payment shrunk down significantly because he just kept it to pay his lawyer fees. So... I get a text that says, How much did you send? And I'm like, I sent what was legally required, the exact amount to to yeah. the to the T of what you wanted to have happen. Like, followed it all. And uh I was like, Why? And then I thought, Oh, I know why she didn't get any of it. He kept it. And so yeah, he ended up keeping a bunch of that That's money. How it works. You
0: you have bills and they come due and you pay them.
1: Well, it was funny. I almost sent the text, but I I sucked it up and didn't. That basically said, I'm glad at least the person that earned the money got it, Uh, not the person that did not. not. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Yeah, it was bad. Um, What are you doing over there, Frank? I don't know. Uh,
2: Secret
0: messages under the door?
1: What's it say?
2: What's his name? Uh, I literally (laughs) don't know what any of this is. What is it? Is it for you? No, it's like someone's notes. Notes. It's like I don't know.
1: Let me see. Oh, I think it's it's my notes. Um <laughs> <laughs> But I'm wondering why it slid under the table. Maybe I left it in someone's oh. office. It's not no no hearts or love letters. Oh wait, right here. To Frank from Jeanette. You are <laughs> the best. <laughs> that that's what it was. Good lord. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. So anyway, but yeah, I don't know why I'm talking about that other than it made me feel warm and fuzzy inside. Um, but uh, and I, I haven't heard anything other than that. So
0: uh, how are things going at Kafaro?
1: Fudge, busy. Um, we're doing good. I mean, really, I mean, I can't talk numbers, but um, ridiculously well, um, and yeah. which is good, and it's allowing us to expand. You know, we're which we'll go over there in a few minutes to the. Um, you know, but I don't know how many square footage it is, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's going well. And we've been working on a lot of new products. Um, obviously you were part of some of those and, uh, those are about to be finalized and put into production. And then, uh, Frank, am I missing anything that I can actually talk about? Mm. When do these,
0: uh, I don't they, these so. new products
1: come out? Um, well, we probably less than a month for the, for the the two that are in front of us. And then
2: we have some cool stuff coming. Yeah. 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 That's all that people need to know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No kidding.
1: Uh, Soon though. um, Frank's like, shut your mouth, Brian. Don't (laughs) Don't spend all your
2: tax money because we got some cool stuff coming.
1: Well, and I mean, it's a, it's a product of, um, uh, we, we like competition. And, uh, so, um, we're at a position. We're able to really look for different materials, spend time. Obviously Frank and I are, uh, as well as you, um, able to spend a lot of time in the field testing, you know, different things more than we ever actually have been. And I, you know, I've always spent a ton of time in the field, but also look at new fabrics, um, you know, what's going to be best. And in some cases, the fabric we're, we're using is, is actually the best that we had found and we didn't change. But in other cases, you know, we can work on different, uh, you know, fabrics. The you know, the biggest thing the military has come back um bender's working on some military packs as well as like everyday carry stuff so those things are cool and then frank and i have obviously stuff up our sleeve um yeah so it's good i mean really like on you know the sky's kind of the you know the limit um you know there's a lot of competition when i started here uh you know whatever it was I mean, six years ago it yeah. was kind of just mystery ranch um and I've, I've come to find that a lot of people don't realize that if you add Exo Stone Glacier and kuyu up, they still have only been in business about half the time we are had yeah. all their years together. So not that that's a slight towards them. It's just, I don't think people, you know, realize Mystery Ranch and Kefaro have been in, you know, business, um, as well as their other companies since the eighties. Well, I think uh, so. it's
0: cool that there's, that there's all these companies out there pushing the limits and. I was just thinking about this the other day when i was hanging out with john barklow from sitka it, it's amazing the gear we have today yeah clothing that we can wear and you know falling in a river and then getting out with those same clothes on and then still making them work yeah is something it was pretty tough to do years ago yeah um, it's just it's cool because you can stay out in the woods longer be more comfortable and you kind of it's 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 nice to have all those options today.
1: It is. I listened to, I didn't get a chance to listen to that whole podcast. Um, just cause you know, I respect, uh, Barklow's opinion and everything, you know, else. And I don't, you know, I don't know Barklow really hardly at all. Just a little bit. I think Sloan said, um, we we're going to do a podcast together after the yeah shows. I, I think, um, Mostly though, with Barclow, he's got his hands tied on the amount of shit talk he can do. He can do with Sitka, <laughs> which I don't personally like, because he's when we shot at that archery tournament, he was pretty damn, you oh, know, yeah. funny. Maybe I need to get him a little liquored up before we start talking. Um, uh,
0: yeah, I got him. I got him a little. He was drinking some whiskey, and yeah. uh, he was skirting the line. It was. It was.
1: Uh, it was fun. Oh, I, I bet. But he I was you with couldn't... you when we
0: shot it. Yeah, the tack and. The sea sucker word came out
1: a few times. <laughs> dude, I <can> say
0: that. <laughs> I, saw, I saw Barclow unfiltered. Yeah. He is a uh,
2: very colorful man.
1: He definitely, yeah. He's definitely my people. Uh, uh, he's funny. He can shoot good too. In fact, oh, dude, I, he's he's ice in the veins. I know. I'd, I'd like to. Um, yeah. He was not happy about,
0: that? he was ready to kill any deer that breathed. Oh. And, and to be sitting on, uh, in mornings and evenings in these places, not have a single one walk by when he's really not that picky <laughs> was a little uh, bit harder to handle than the, than uh, expected. But that's, this goes that's, to show, you know, like you can do everything right, but sometimes, especially with ambush hunting, you're still dependent on the animal actually following the script.
1: Yeah, which down there with all the variables is is difficult. Um, I'd like to shoot in a tournament against him. I mean, we shot together, but we didn't really keep score at um just because he's a good shot although if you're listening i do believe i did beat you at the big sky i'm not 100 sure <laughs> remember though he was laughing because he was like i was trying to figure out why the hell you have 14 arrows well technically you only need one but i was dropping bombs at like 140 at bedded sheep and yeah shit.
2: without an adjustable slider
1: yeah yeah no he but, but he knocks out at like 90 yeah oh yeah he can shoot though you can tell i mean he shoots a lot but no, it'll be cool to uh, do a podcast with them.
0: Last time I saw you, which was like
1: in person, was it
0: quite a, like a month or more ago?
1: And, when uh, probably two months ago now. Yeah. Month and a half. Yeah.
0: Last I saw you, you were like really gaunt. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I was 175 when I got back. Yeah. Um, super, I felt lean and you were pushed, you were like 180.
1: 180. I think I was probably 190. Um. Right at one ninety and I'm a what am I, Frank? A meaty two oh three now. <laughs> yeah. I think it's how I Put Meaty two oh three. I was gonna say,
2: dude, you have you look filled out. You look you look good. Is that like, is that a nice way of calling him fat?
1: I asked Frank no. last night. We've been lifting heavy. Um not heavy. We've been lifting a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: But uh, I was gonna ask, well like what have you been doing? I'm I'm only when we started the season I was one ninety five. I'm I'm one hundred eighty three right now.
1: Yeah. Well one, I've been eating obviously more consistently and then in lifting wise, we generally lift only for about 20, 25 minutes, but, um, it's a pretty, like the other night we did squats. We did three sets of 10 to 12, uh, super setted with shoulder press. We do odd workouts. And then, uh, what do we do? Leg extensions. No, we did the sled, um, for three sets of tw- 10 to 12. Um, and then, uh, what do we do? Oh, um. Forty five pound plates, we we raise it over our head and do overhead presses for like three for sets of ten. Anyway, well we do all kinds of different stuff, but I've definitely been lifting heavier. My arm size is the biggest thing Amy keeps commenting on. No shit, I think my arms gained three quarters of an inch. That's how deflated I was um <laughs> before. And we do shit tons of push ups. I don't know how many push-ups we do, but it's it's a lot. Frank, are you feeling buffed out at all? I'm feeling a little bit more lean more than anything. But well screw you. I haven't been eating as much. <laughs> crap so yeah my thing is is just straight eating all the time like now especially with amy because she cooks oh jesus fuck she cooks a lot um i mean i'm eating even i mean she thinks i don't eat enough but i mean i eating way more than i normally do so i haven't gained i don't think i've actually gotten any fatter or what i don't think i got i mean i don't think i've gained any like waist size or whatever yeah but i've definitely bulked up some from from where i was and i can tell i mean i don't know not that Frank and I don't really like get into competitions, but I mean, I would say, what well, I don't know, Frank, I'm a little bit stronger than you. You're pretty damn strong. Um, nah,
2: he's a lot stronger than me. Just being nice. <laughs> I'll move. I'll move the, uh, if we're doing like a machine, I'll move it up like a few or, you know, down and wait. Um, he'll be like, man up pussy. I'm, like, I'm not as strong as you.
1: I'm new. I think a lot of that's just yeah. over time. Cause we're about the same age, mm-hmm. just dense muscle mass over time. Yeah. Um, I even surprised myself the other day I was doing incline dumbbell bench in the morning and I grabbed nineties and, and yeah, I was okay yeah. doing yeah. it. You know, um,
0: I think it's, I think muscle is something that takes years to develop. It doesn't just, it's not like you go in the gym and you're like three months later, you're ripped, you know? Yeah. Um, real strength like across the board I think you can certainly increase the size of your muscle but that's not the same as increasing
2: the strength of your muscle
1: right so I got little strong muscles Frank (laughs) I think Frank's arms might be bigger than mine I don't know
2: no you're just being nice. <laughs> Doesn't mean they're stronger.
1: Well, a tanner yeah. arm does look like a bigger arm, <laughs> and you've got the year-round tan going, and I'm pasty-ass white. Uh, In fact, my legs will blind small babies. I need to. I need to definitely wear shorts what, next year.
0: What is your uh, kind of your your plan for you know the next few months? business wise
1: honestly, I don't think. I mean, Frank Frank's got the same plan. as like. Um, january february we'll probably keep lifting heavy and then march we'll start hitting cardio more again um and we still hit cardio but honestly i have to make myself do cardio outside in the cold i hate doing it frank's doing good at doing indoor cardio so the idea which hasn't happened yet because he got snuffleupagus was uh 15 minutes on the rower i do 15 minutes on the stepper and then rotate so 30 minutes yeah but you know how we were training this summer i mean it's just it's hard to train like that in the winter when you don't like the cold. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: So my goal is to not get fat and get stronger and then I'll lean out some, but,
2: um, back to the cooking thing. Um, amy made this super good soup the other day oh lord and i looked at it i'm like is that like the olive gordon soup you know like the with the potatoes and the meat and i heard the song <laughs> in the background smack my bitch up <laughs> yeah. that did not go over yeah, well she about killed me she said did you just compare my cooking to olive garden i'm like no is it the same style <laughs> <laughs> <She> <laughs> i
1: haven't does- even tasted yet uh, that's like i guess going to a hispanic person who cooks to say is this like taco bell um she's <laughs> yeah. italian and and uh, he about got shit smacked she out about killed me yeah yeah but it's,
2: it was it was awesome whatever she made i don't know what you even, even called yeah, it I, was good i think a lot of people fail on the diet for sure
1: we, we just did a podcast on um, diet nutrition and supplements and, and kept it pretty basic and yeah that is the problem i mean that's one thing we stress the most is um It's easy to, well, do you see it? Here's my diet. I can't understand. I'm not losing weight. Well, it's not that you're, you can't understand is you're a fucking liar and you're not eating the way you just sent this in. This is the way you aspire to eat. Yeah. But this is not your diet. Like Luke Johnson, hate to bring him up. He sent me what he's eating and I'm like, all right, whatever, Luke, maybe you're eating that way. And then he calls me and he's walking into a restaurant and he's like, yeah, can I get two orders of eggs, um, eight pieces of bacon, biscuits and gravy. And I'm like. That's probably 3,000 calories, home slice. That's a lot. And for me, it's hard because I like peanut butter. And if we have peanut butter bars at the house, I'll eat five in a day. That's 1,500 calories in <laughs> peanut butter bars yeah, alone. And yeah. that's a lot of fat. Yeah, That's probably what, 2,000% of my fat, 3,000?
2: Yeah. Well, isn't a lot of it eating at night right before you go to bed? That's like the worst time you can eat as I, well, right?
1: I think it is for body types like mine.
0: Yeah. I think um, I, I'm less concerned about the timing of what I when I eat, although I think it it's it's important. I think it's more important because for for guys that struggle or gals that struggle with appetite, like you know, um, if they overeat, I think timing of when you eat can help you with the overeating problem. But I, otherwise, though, I think I think the biggest deal is the type of food you decide to eat. Like get the right foods in your body. And uh, things your body's amazing. it can balance things out.
2: So you're well. probably not a fan of spam then. No, <laughs> Get no. out of this office.
1: <laughs> that I think that's why I haven't gotten fat is because um, Amy only cooks organic. Yeah, and we eat. I probably have 14 pounds of undigested moose meat in my stomach right now, but we have, uh, well, Frank, I'm gonna pee. Why don't you list off what we generally eat? Because I have to take a potty break. Uh, moose gumbo, moose (laughs) just
2: kidding. (laughs) Now we eat a lot of healthy stuff. She, we get a bunch of different salads she makes, um, tons of wild game. She's not afraid to make some veggies. Oh dude, it's, it's delicious. Like I, like I said, when I was living in my apartment, I was eating like eggs every night and every once in a while if I wasn't lazy, I'd cook up some, some deer meat. But we got, well, I mean, between what you and Aaron killed this year, moose, elk, deer um i've got deer sausage a bunch of uh, back straps we got bear meat um so it's, it's a lot of wild game but you know she puts her spin on it between all of her italian you know her italian mm-hmm. cooking and just whatever so the dips she does oh dude i think she makes her own hummus uh-huh or maybe like, not I, I don't know it's, it's, it's something different every night i'm like good lord this is delicious yeah do and you have all a younger like sister healthy ingredients too yeah no it's a
0: everything Amy makes is good
2: um, shout out. Yeah. Um, and like you were saying that the, and Aaron saying the organic food and the, the not so processed carbohydrates and stuff like that is, is yeah. probably key. Um,
0: yeah, I just, I mean, like when I spend to the store, even when I was with, with Sloan and all the guys in Texas, you know, we pull off and grab some stuff at the store and I go to the produce aisle and I grab all this green vegetables. Mm-hmm. You just, like the kale, don't you? Kale, love kale. I just grab all these green things and mm-hmm. broccoli kale spinach yeah you know onions green onions you're probably farting up a storm onions no i mean for me <laughs> i eat it every day so mushrooms it. oh I'll, I, well, i'm filling the cart up and people are looking at it like well how are we gonna eat that
2: yeah like what Sierra. do you do with that
0: and it's it's like no you saute it in a pan mm. you know mix it with some eggs and cheese or More are some, they
2: getting chips
0: yeah i mean most people get like sandwich bread like yeah. wonder white like some junky bread and they get processed lunch meat and they get some fake cheese slices and they get some bologna soybean like mayonnaise and uh, I mean just junk right Mm -hmm. and then they throw that together and they eat processed chips and I mean it's just a lot of processed foods Mm -hmm. a lot of they're like let's get morning snack bars and I'm like or eggs and bacon like you know
1: yeah
0: avocados so it's 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 different when you're eating whole foods, I think, yeah. um, and you don't realize how much of a difference it makes until you live that way for a period of time. And you're like,
1: man,
2: it takes a lot of discipline to be able to eat like that when you're on the road. That's for sure. Just like per se, like uh show season, mm-hmm. you know, driving whatever, 12, 14, 16 hours and trying to uh, stop somewhere and get something somewhat I mean, healthy. Your
1: best hope at a gas station is jerky and cheese, right? Or almonds yeah. or something. I mean, it's just like not boiled eggs air. or
2: yeah.
1: It's pretty
0: tough. That's where it's nice to pre. That's what I'm working on right now is some plan ahead. Yeah, mm-hmm. doing some some different foods that are uh, that I've made at home. Yeah, that I can bring with me. There's no reason not to
1: make your own jerky. That's what we've been doing, except we eat it too fast. How much? I bet we've made. <laughs> we think Frank twenty pounds. I don't know. I, bought, I brought a big ass bag the other day. <laughs> it was to get out. I, giving,
2: thought, I, I thought. I his... thought Amy said. I. And this out at work or something. This, this is, is for everyone. She meant. Lie. She meant this is for me and Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, man. I like gave some to the, the. One of the dogs came in here. I gave it a piece, and he's like, "What the hell are you doing, dude? That's moose meat." I
1: told him. I said, "You know what it took to get that back. You're giving it to that stupid fucking dog." <laughs>
2: Amen,
0: dude. Amen. I'll tell you, man. My moose does not taste as good as yours,
1: dude. Mine tastes. Which, what did we, we ate let, them
0: both at camp?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. You're right. I'm if it's because we hung mine so longer. I don't think so. I think it has everything to do with that injury my moose had. What was tell wrong? Yeah, I it, forgot. Oh, I tell you what. Puss. <coughs> <coughs> oh, Let me give right you a there. reenactment of what I sounded like. <laughs> like Yoda. <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> There's more than, that that than a
0: now. gallon of. Oh, that did you stab it? Just to out. see it
2: come out? Or what was it out? On that video? Lake? No, I missed it. I was oh, I
0: dude, think it's when I was hunting. You got to check it out on Instagram, on the Gritty Bowman Instagram.
1: I had the bright idea to cut around it. It didn't work out quite like I planned it. No, it did not work at all. I think that's when I was in Idaho. We've made a bunch of... uh, You know what? Not to throw a shout out to Traeger and pimp them out, but I think everyone on the planet should buy a Traeger. We cooked a turkey. Well, Other than the fact, Kaylee, my daughter, if you're listening to this, you ate all the freaking turkey, you little shithead. We smoked one, dude. Mm -hmm. Oh, my Lord. And my daughter ate the whole thing. She wouldn't stop me. Like, I went to make a turkey sandwich. Uh It was gone. Um,
0: I... I'm, it's kind of hard to screw anything up with a Traeger, and that's where the jerky. That's where I've been making the jerky and playing around with the recipes there. And
2: oh my god, dude! I just watched that video. That is horrible. Which, 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 which one? This one or that one? That one. The both aren't they both on the same one? I just saw him um, stab it open with a with a yeah. Avalon. That was my one. bad. Oh my god! <laughs> Did you taste it? Dude, no. You could taste it in the air. Like it, you could it looks like hummus. It looks like it was like it's in moose your hummus. mouth.
1: Oh, yeah. No, it didn't look like hummus.
0: Uh, it was bad. Dude, it, the smell of it was... It uh, was really hard not to throw up. It was so... What was that from?
1: His shoulder, it, I think. Got a,
0: stabbed in a fight, it looks like, you know, man, by a, b- another bull Just It was maybe a foot long. Yeah. As you trace it in all the way into the body where mm-hmm. it ended. and um, And, I mean, as soon as Aaron went to cut around it it's hard to know how deep that pus pocket is but i mean it just flowed flowed and flowed and it would have easily filled a gallon maybe maybe a gallon
2: and a half with that, that. is interesting it's also interesting that it's this, like is, this is not this is marked as a sensitive content video is it That's world, stupid. the world's getting soft but um i think
0: that that moose is probably under a lot of stress because of that injury and i think the stress hormones affect the meat maybe
1: yeah i mean i that i forgot about the injury that i'm sure and then we froze yours quicker we did i don't know how much quicker though
0: no 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 we didn't it just sat outside and in the uh, in the in the um Meat shack. Meat, and it hung for a few days.
1: The only bad thing about mine is we ate half, one whole backstrap while we were up there. We did. That sucked. Well, Well, I mean,
0: it was good then. Well, we took the tender lines of mine and the backstrap, and we threw them on the the grill, on the Traeger there. We cooked them the same way we cooked yours, and um, we did it like twice with mine and then like three times with yours. Yeah. And the meat that came from my moose tastes good. Tastes good. But it's chewy. Mm. And no matter what you do in Aaron's moose, you literally, it just like melts. Oh, he knows. Yeah. He's been
2: eating it and it's super tender. <laughs> oh, it's, it's
0: good. so good. And that's what I imagined with mm-hmm. moose meat. But it goes to show, I mentioned this on, a, on an Instagram post, that Oklahoma buck I shot. Yeah. One of the best tasting animals I've ever had. Yeah. The tenderloins just melt in your mouth. The, the back straps are phenomenal. Like can't eat enough of it just is the some of the best meat i've ever eaten that's not what i expected yeah and i expected the moose to be like that and it's not and so i think it's not always and species dependent as much as maybe animal dependent
1: yeah well like um especially the rut and injury i'm sure um i don't i mean we my processing bill was like 900 bucks for that moose or something because that's too lazy well actually you laughed at this um pulled it out to the thought and i'm like hey honey i'll show you how to you cut it up or whatever and do one bag at a time Well, it went like colorado i woke up didn't really think about it to let the dogs out and i opened up the door to go into the garage and it was like a heat wave Mm -hmm. and then i turned the light on and blood was everywhere. everywhere yeah and so i loaded it all up in the back of the truck and drove it to steve's meat market
0: yeah i've got i think i've got somewhere in the ballpark of um I have one moose backstrap and one hind quarter left to butcher. Yeah, but I did it all myself, just a little bit, you know, here and there, and uh, it's 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 turned out really well, but it it's a
1: lot of work, dude. I'm lazy. I didn't want to do it. Um, Amy thought she would want to do it until I think she did process. We did the backstrap, and she's not. She doesn't hadn't done it a lot yet. So yeah,
0: aging a moose and doing a moose is pretty cool but aging a deer by the time it gets a, a a crust on the outside yeah and you cut that crust off there ain't a whole lot there's not though. much left dude especially <laughs> like on the front shoulder it's like you're like you're you're wasting so much meat even on a back strap they're yeah. useless they're hardened all the way through yeah i was like that was kind of like i'm not a big fan of aging uh a deer just because of how much meat doesn't get used
1: yeah i think right now though we probably have good lord terry what do you think i bet there's (laughs) what do you think 700 pounds in there 600
2: oh gosh three we have three freezers full of meat
1: i still don't think lander's figured out i've stolen his freezer by the way he hasn't brought it up yet um (laughs) lander's from the 70s it like is. A, Peter Brady big freezer, though. He probably doesn't yeah. miss it. Peter Brady hopped out first time. Um, <laughs> that one is full of burger. Uh, and then my old freezer is full of all the specialty meat. Mm-hmm. And then Frank's has roasts, backstraps, that kind of stuff in it. Because um, Frank's got his freezer in there too. But I got a lot of um, specialty meat as well, like brats. And one yeah. of those. We got those sticks. Oh, what pepperoni
2: are, cheese sticks? Oh lord, they're good. They're, I eat Rocky Mountain
0: Meats. I think
1: did you? They weren't open. I had to go to Steve's. I I like them both. Yeah.
0: Rocky Mountain Meats though, they um their brats were awesome.
1: Yeah. And Frank keeps eating the wieners, little bastard. Amy Amy <laughs> got a bunch not of a them surprise. out. Yeah. Just not a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> had a bunch You're of still them single, out. Right. <laughs> Frank took them
2: all. Uh, uh, no, I won't
1: eat your wiener. <laughs> You did too. I saw you. you. took a package of three. Oh, Lord, that's funny. I think, though, like with this mule deer, um, if I end up getting one, I think I'm probably going to make uh, like a probably, well, I say this, see who wants it here, but I'm going to do like total specialty. You know, I don't, I this is a guess, like freezer burn happens less on burger than steak. Um, I'm going to tell myself that. Mm-hmm. That jalapeno cheeseburger, oh, Man, that could bring peace to the Middle East. That shit is good. What is it? Jalapeno <laughs> cheeseburger? Or there's, there's cheese, bacon, and jalapenos. Did you get any of that? No. Uh, oh no. shit, balls. When you come I'm get not, the arrows, I gotta give you some. I'm not a jalapeno guy. I'm not either. Well, that's you're but it, it, you gotta but try it. Good. Oh fudge, yeah. ripple. Yeah, it is awesome. Um
0: And I always wonder like which cheese they're using.
1: I don't know. It that, could be for Monday. I don't give a shit. That, it is good that, that one cheese that's like
0: plastic airline fuel that's been re re repurposed for cheese.
1: No kidding.
0: Because they have the cheese, and I don't understand why they use the fake stuff. Because apparently, you can use normal cheese.
1: Well, we made it up in the territories at the, you know, at the cabin or whatever with the grinder, and we use normal cheese there. But yeah. Man, it is good, good, Lordy. I mean, I'm looking forward on these, because we did that last year. Frank packed some, in. I'm looking forward to mixing it with cutthroats and, you know, not with, but at the same meal. Packing in a pound or two for these backpack trips and cooking it on the fire. It's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think um, with this, though, I think if I get with the, the mule deer, although it'll be after the rut, but if I end up getting one, I'll probably do some specialty stuff and get, I'll give a lot of it to people. I I say that but Amy's a bit of a meat hoarder Um, (laughs) I mean wild game meat that's funny Uh, it's (laughs) it's
0: not like you're not gonna get a lot more next year I know right probably right right? like although I've gone years where I'm I'm not I don't have that much meat
2: Um, yeah you you got a surplus with all that moose meat dude that's the that's the ticket
1: right there because we're almost done with the elk oh really yeah you guys eat it
2: every night wild game every day yeah
1: you got you got little rugrats i got little rugrat frank but he's got his own that was a big thing too frank had meat um in there frank you did have also a big fish in there what happened with that (laughs) (laughs) this pecker would he pulls it out he's like i should throw this away and i'm like well let's just throw it out in the ditch somewhere out in the woods or whatever he's like okay and i don't know if you're to blame after this or i am but uh he left it on top of the garbage can in the garage
0: this is like a scene from like grumpy old men or something
1: (laughs) so amy calls me amy cusses a bit um when i say a bit she cusses a lot and she's like hey what's up with this fish i said uh oh frank you know left it out or whatever i think we're gonna throw it out but Mm -hmm. and uh immediately i'm like you should text frank and say that you left the garage door open and a bear came in my bow's broken (laughs) and uh what'd you think when you got that text frank I, dude, I didn't.
2: I was like, what? How? How did the garage door get open? <laughs> like, I know I didn't throw away the fish, but like, what? <laughs> dude, Dwayne. she's like, there's tires everywhere. The, the, the bows are broken. I'm like, what? She's like, don't tell Aaron I didn't tell him yet. I'm like, what? What do I do? I don't know what to do. <laughs>
1: ah, uh, yeah. yes,
2: yeah. Dwayne great. had
1: that
0: bear like break his window in his garage door, and halfway climb through it, but couldn't get its fat butt through the hole (laughs) was it stuck it was stuck oh (laughs) lord and his wife heard all the noise and she came down opened the garage door from the house from the house side from in the house and then she starts yelling at this bear that's stuck in the the window and it's looking at her like looking at her like what's the problem you know and then finally jumped out and ran away but good lord that's funny it's a real deal
1: well, that, I tell you, so uh, Amy belongs to this community Facebook page of, uh, of uh, locals, right, about what's going on in the community, and uh, so I get on there and talk a bit of shit, right, um, but the recent one was that when you walk your dogs, they need to be on a leash because bears are known to attack dogs, and that you, I mean, basically this chick was dumber than a fucking box of rocks, right, and so... I went to get on and type and someone beat me to it. And he said, can you show me the data of uh, dogs attacking bears? Because uh, they don't. And then she came back and she said, well, they could. And the guy, you know, kind of responds, you know, my aunt could grow balls and become my uncle, but I don't <laughs> think it's going to happen. Right. And what is amazing is, um, so this lady is like the leader of one of the communities up there. She's one of the like HOA leader, whatever they're called. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so then she's also talking about
0: HOA's nightmare.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. There's a dead moose. And I mean, although everybody comments on that, but it is, if you can imagine I'm in a neighborhood, I I certainly don't belong in. It's mostly old people. Uh, It's certainly rich people. And so Frank uh, frequently is bringing in AR-15s, what do you, well, Frank? What are you bringing in now? You got game call. You got the you got the Fox Pro. You got ARs, bows, a couple ARs, a mm. couple rifles, a couple bows. You know, like we did a uh, ethnic. Yeah, <laughs> you're the wrong color. No. Um, and then we've got you know we're always in camo. Uh, the camera lenses, and then my truck sticks out, and I'm stopping in the, you know, I'm driving around the housing developments, which I'm probably not supposed to be in anyway, taking photos of tame mule deer. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what's going to happen long term, but I would imagine there's going to be a phone call at some point where they're trying to figure out some way to complain about what we're doing. We're not doing anything wrong. I mean, but definitely when the garage is open and people are walking their dogs and, you know, I'm in there putting a pack together, Frank's loading his gun. I'm sure people are probably freaking the fuck out a little bit. But
2: I haven't gotten yelled at by anybody yet. Have you? I try to avoid people at all costs. (laughs) See somebody come walking down the road. I'm like, I'm going to go inside until I'm go
1: by yeah no that's a that's a fact well you see
2: like that new film with um,
0: Joe Rogan's Elkhart and Cameron
1: yeah
0: I don't know what it's at right now I think I think last check it was over 300,000 views
1: it's up there he's wearing a Kafaru pack I got that sent to me a Mm -hmm. bunch
0: and uh and Terrell yeah yep and, uh, but he's in that. He, you know, I don't know, it's over 300,000 views, right? You know, Sitka's film, uh, The Linguist with mm-hmm. Corey Jacobson, I think it was at 150,000
2: since.
1: It's been August. a while since that's been out, yeah.
2: Yeah. Joe Rogan's just got a massive platform, though. Mm-hmm. So. And we did a great job with the film, but Joe also um,
0: connects to a huge portion of the public that doesn't hunt. Yep. And so I think, but back to your HOA thing, I think people are starting to wake up to hunting in a, it's a good time yeah. to be in hunting and to sort of, um, cause they, I, I'm at your house and I see yeah. people come by and they're like, uh, what's Kavaru? Uh, yeah. w- what are you doing? And they're super fascinated by it.
1: Fascinated by that moose laying there. I'm The thing that I got on there, what I was kind of leading up to, is kind of like what you're saying, where, of course, I signed in under a, you know, whatever, Pseudo- alias. Um, alias. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I'm like Binger, Big Ginger 109. Um, but I was like, uh, you know, I said, ma'am, I've been in the outdoors my entire life. And uh, I said, dogs, uh, you know, bears don't attack dogs. Actually, they use, Dogs to run bears, I said. There is a small, small chance, but um, you know this housing development has been here for quite some time. There is no encroaching in this specific area on the wildlife, uh, you know. And I said you can look and see what's been built in the last fifteen years and where we're at next to nothing. Mm-hmm. And I said the problem is is people like you uh, voted several many years ago to ban spring bears, bear baiting, and running dogs or running bears with hounds. Uh, I said bears are basically have uh nothing above them in the food chain and i said so they're they're the dominant predator predator and the only way they're going to die is of old age or sickness um or a massive disease because there's too many of them because we can't control them because people like you voted off voted all these things out and uh, keeping it real well you want a friend right there i tell you what i want a bunch of friends she wasn't one of them um I, you know, a bunch of people hopped on and were like, this guy speaks the truth. This is true. And I, and she said, we are encroaching. I said, as humans, we are. I'm just saying, in this area, we're not encroaching, yeah. right? Not not here. And yeah. I said, the fact is, is the bear population is just booming because we can't, you know, the way that hunting works, we can't hunt them in the spring. We can't bait them. We can't run them with dogs. Um, and nobody wants to hunt them in the fall to speak of because it's elk season. Mm-hmm. So, Anyway, we went round and round for a while and I said, well, I know this is crazy, but I can actually prove all of this with fact and science. Uh, you know, all you have is bullshit and guesses behind <laughs> what you're saying. And everybody's like, yeah, that's true. You've said nothing that makes any sense. And she hadn't. I mean, she had no, you know, she was like, don't let your dogs, don't walk the commu- through the community with your dogs off a leash because Amy does that all the time, right? right. She shouldn't because they'll chase down the bears and the bears will get mad and could potentially attack a human. And I'm like, you know, uh asteroid could fall down hit the, you know my front porch too and crush my traeger so i might as well go buy another trigger right now because that could happen you goofy bitch but we should probably edit that part out but um <laughs> it was it, it was maddening and that's exactly like the in the community there's some people like that absolutely mm. so Well
2: what, what uh what hunts you got coming up brian anything for the rest of the year or early next year you know right now i'm working on films
0: Mm. um i got we got so much footage aaron and i
1: don't forget the camera for the the card for the mule deer hunts in that camera sorry folks
0: yeah we have just seen we just went on some killer hunts dude we have some great video i think people are we're just putting it together i'm just putting it together i never really put a lot of films out last year because it was just i didn't have the bandwidth to do it and keep everything else going
1: I want to see the goat and the grizzly charge. Those are my two that I'm waiting on.
0: Yep, yep. Those two are super cool. And so that's that's fun. We're working on that. And then there's show season coming up. So I'm going to go to ATA, shot. I think I might go to sheep. I've never been to sheep. Um, and then the Western Hunt Expo. Mm-hmm. And um, But this year I'm not going to kill myself I'm trying to get, you know, just – We're pre-scheduling all the interviews. So it's, I just am not overwhelmed with just impromptu stuff, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so that's kind of what I'm working on right now. Just prepping for a lot of that. We're going to do, we're going to debut the, the films at a couple of different events though. So we're going to try to show them in a cool location, like at a theater or maybe an outdoor you know, big screen, but we want to put it on some kind of big screen and, and do a, do a show where we show those films in a kind of a special place, Mm. but I haven't quite figured that out yet. But other than the mule deer hunt with Aaron here, you know, I'm kind of, kind of wrapping up and just now just, you know, it's nice to be home with the family and, and kind of, you know, Get your life balanced. And then before you know it, spring is going to be here. And I think I'm going to go on my first turkey hunt this year.
2: You've never been turkey hunting? I've never done it.
1: What? Mother of pearl.
0: Well, no, that's not true. I went once with Will Askew. Um, uh, I just kind of tagged along.
1: Mm-hmm. You said ass and cue. Uh-huh. <laughs> the, uh, um, did you say ass I, But
0: Other than that, no, I've, I've never really been on a turkey hunt. So I'm going to do turkey and bear this spring. Um, and then, and then that's kind of all I got. What about you?
2: About the same. I think we, uh, oh dude, I've been freaking going ham on the predators the last few weeks. Going out again tomorrow. What about
1: the cougars?
2: (laughs) That's been an ongoing thing for the last few months. (laughs) You have a very, very, very good cougar, I must say. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I got nothing. (laughs) No, Uh, we've been, uh, yeah, I've been going after, um going predator hunting last few weekends um since everything else kind of died down so yeah me and my buddy dan um we're getting a little serious with it so um uh, been doing that for the last few weeks i think i, I, I might think, go with Aaron. What, tell me what was your what
0: hunt this year was the the funnest hunt not like the most rewarding most but just
2: which one just was fun oh that's hard to say uh i had a great time in idaho with uh jordan and matt davis and david d austin good lord that was Hilarious! We were just laughing the whole time. Surprised any of us killed anything because it was just pure insanity of jokes. And did you
1: did you hear Matt Davis cuss on that trip?
2: Uh, <laughs> he probably hates me now that I, I said I told you guys. Did he say the f dash 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 word? I don't know. It didn't sound natural, so I'm not gonna really quite <laughs> comprehend it. Um, so that was a that was a fun one. I also had a ton of fun in Utah with Isaac. Isaac's a great dude, and his family was awesome. So. Yeah, yeah, I can't really say which one was was, was more fun because, I mean, it was all a great time. What made it fun? I think just kind of like the, the camaraderie and, and yeah. just having fun and, you know, kind of not having to worry about work as much. You know, just getting a little bit of time away and um, kind of just hanging out with people and just laughing. Yeah. And just having a good time. I mean, uh, that was the funnest part. And then, you know, exploring places I hadn't been before and, and stuff like that. So it was a good time.
1: What about you, peanut butter eater? Look, I'm eating... um you eating peanut butter out of a jar? No, I mean, I will. I'm not above that. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think you know that. Actually, most of peanut butter is empty at the house. That The goat hunt. Yeah. Um, but mostly, I mean, one, with Bart, you know, that's awesome. But two, I mean, I never really messed around with horses too much. Um, both stocks. I mean, minus mine fell off the cliff. Both stocks. You couldn't... If you're going to write a book about stocks, I mean, I think those two would both... You know go down in history one just with what roger and i did to get to the to the one goat and how that all played out and then yours the fact that obviously we shot it from 15 feet or how close I was that eight feet they were i was taking photos of these guys in the cliffs the other day and i said this is about how uh, brian shot his goat except it was tucked under um you know the cliffs or whatever but the goat hunt was definitely the the funnest and it ended up being a lot harder than I thought it would be, which was cool. Um, we had to work. Well, minus I'm, I'm not a. I just don't like horses. I mean, <laughs> I'm not a big fan of those. You did but, good though. Yeah, well, I didn't die. Um, I I can eject <laughs> kick it quickly. Like a man. <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget that when my horse laid up on me. He's like kick it. I was like, huh? I kind of like Cartman kicked it. And he said, kick it hard, and I kind of kicked it a little harder. And then he yelled, "Kick it like a man!" And then I kicked the shit out of it, but. <laughs> I don't know anything Did about horses. Did it at or... all? No, 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 it just it stood was,
0: back up. It was laying on the ground and while Bart's trying to tell him to kick it, Aaron's like, kicking it like, <laughs> Get up. Get up. <laughs> get up,
1: horse. <laughs> like you'd please kick please your, get up. Like you'd kick your dog. Get like, outside.
0: Please get up and it won't get up and Bart's looking at him like, like getting more annoyed and he's like, kick it like a man and
2: Aaron's like, <laughs> Oh, the man card? Really? <laughs> and he just winds up and gives Bert. it the boot, you know.
1: Bart's like, I had to yell something that you could relate to. I'm like, well, it works. They <laughs> didn't chime in until you said that. But that goat hunt was um, probably the funnest. I mean, that was one of the funner hunts I've been on in a in a while. It was cool. I'd say your elk hunt was probably the second, um, mostly just for the fact of how many freaking elk we saw. Um, the uh, That and honestly, that probably would have been one of the better, but we all got the shits. Um, yeah. And yeah. when I say that, meaning I flat out just, I couldn't go. I mean, I say I couldn't, I'm sure i sure I could have done 20 beat. pounds. Yeah. I just was short window done that day. when I went back and even when I came in, uh, back in, I was still crappy. Um, yeah, that first
0: day I was looking at you and you were white as a ghost and sweating and you don't sweat and just to see it pouring off your face like that. I was like, is yeah. he going to die on me?
1: <laughs> I tell you what. I mean, I am. Um, but
0: like the next day.
1: It was like nothing. Yeah, I got a migraine. kind of back like pretty quick. Yeah, I got a migraine that night and I got sick. I puked all over from the migraine mm-hmm. and I stuffed a bunch of food in uh, all night. I was eating because I was finally hungry. And then, yeah, I mean, the next, my legs were a little bit, you know, weak, just had food in or whatever, but it was fine. Um, but that hunt was super fun. For you know, me, the too. moose hunt was up there. And not so much for me. I didn't like the rain. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I think it was just uh, the wildness of the place, the grizzly bears tromping around. The I think for me, I've never hunted moose, right? So, mm-hmm. so it's hearing them like vocalize and do the rut thing, uh, and I thought the snow made it really like Lord of the Rings epic kind of.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, um, I was talking to the uh, Big Ginger about this um, the other day or well, the other week and nothing in great depth other than I was like, dude, I totally did not want to shoot a small moose the first few days. And even not a small moose, I didn't want to really shoot one with a gun. Right. And I said, fast forward a few days, you could have given me a bazooka and I would have used it. That's how much that rain and snow just was, I was like, I'm done. And, uh, it's amazing how much that can make a difference. And it's not like we couldn't keep hunting. It's not like we were, you know, was like, oh, we're giving up or I was giving up, but sure. Glad when you shot your moose though, and we didn't have to float that river. Yeah. I mean, I just truthfully, when we went up there to float it, I'm thinking, I don't know how long I can last with my hands without building a fire every hour or two, you know, in this weather. And I mean, it was cool how it all, played out it's just if i had to pick that or goat hunting in 60 degree weather i think i'd go choose goat hunting but i
0: think that montana elk hunt floating down the canal up on the elk that was funny that was that was fun it just didn't end there were just some parts about it
1: that for both of us for both
0: of us (laughs) that just kind of didn't pan out
1: it was unique. That's for sure. Yeah. Now, who knows what? If Saturday I shoot a two hundred inch mule deer, maybe I'll suddenly say, "Oh, <laughs> this was better." I. The thing with hunting with Big Ginger is he's so he's funny, right? Yeah. He's always funny, and uh, he he's he's just super hilarious. And I mean, there's lots of of deer there, but it's not. I mean, to shoot a deer is easy or yeah. relatively, but shoot it, the it, deer is different. It's different, yeah. And I mean, I think. Um, well, we'll see what pans out. I don't know. But uh, I mean, he, I mean, literally the, there's a bunch of different land that, that different people lease. And then he leased with a buddy of his, I think, uh, well, I know like two different areas or one area. I can't, I'm not sure, but this one area is kind of like this section where we get, uh, you know, to hunt and Mm -hmm. it's, I mean, there's deer all over. I mean, you know, and there's deer, you can see deer from other, uh, sections coming in and out, but, you know the biggest problem we had was um, just a lot of does. I mean, there was does with with everything, and you know when there was a hot doe, um, it's not like you can run through the twelve foot stuff tall bush stuff to get a whatever the hell that shit's called to get ahead of them. And yeah. It's super loud, but there is a lot of there's a lot of deer out there. The one area, um, like the last, I almost shot a buck the last night, and it was probably good I didn't. It wasn't. I think I, it was a borderline. Deer um uh, for, for Alex. It wasn't a borderline deer for me, it was a big deer. But it was uh, it was probably six or seven years old. And it was literally right out the truck. Like I'm like, let me jump. It was one of those Wisconsin drive-bys. I'm like, let me jump out while you're moving. I'll roll in the ditch and then stalk over because there was a big hay bale. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'll stalk over to that hay bale and then, you know, because it was feeding in, and I'm like, I'll shoot it. And it all came together, except it didn't feed in fat. I mean, I could have could have shot it a long ways out, um, a good distance, but either way, even that deer to me, I'm looking at it and I'm like, Jesus, this thing's huge. And when I jumped out, he was still kind of, eh. <laughs> so I think he was happy. I, I didn't shoot it, but it was an old deer. So he's happy. You know, it's either real big or, or real really old, old. One of the other one. Yeah. 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 There's a pile of deer out there though. There was a few I saw way before, um, I got to his area when I was just driving out there. That were how tanks. Are
0: they, how are they acting right now? Since the rut's kind of over. Most I
1: haven't been out there, man. They. Uh, I only got to hunt for like three days. Was it? Yeah, three days. Um, consecutive or no? I had yeah. to. There was one day I skipped. Um, and uh, they were the rut was definitely dying down, pretty like yeah. you know, pretty good. Which I was hoping it would die down completely because I, I just want one to lay down That's without kinda- those around it. Yeah,
0: that's kind of what I'm I'm thinking it might be easier. There, if people wish for the rut, and it's exciting to hunt the rut, but the rut comes with, you know, like Sloan's idea when we were in Texas. He's like, let's get in front of them while they're running around, get in position and get one while they're on the move. And I'm like, or let them bed down for the day and then just get in there and kill it. Yeah, And I, I definitely like it's fun to try to cat and mouse them and intercept them. But I don't think it has as nearly as good a success rate as letting them bed, get sleepy.
1: Well, and the only reason that might work where we were with Alex is that the distance I could shoot. Um, yeah. and even that, but they just don't own still a lot. No, they're that's they're just like, even constantly then. <laughs> moving. Well, and I mean, I don't, I, you know, I don't really want to take a poke if I don't have to. So, I mean, I certainly would have, it's, but
0: it's one thing if he's just sitting there eating, yeah, you know, and just just eating in one spot, and you're taking a poke. It's another when he's horny, yeah, doe by him, and he's just jittery and fidgety and moves constantly.
1: Well, dude, this one, the biggest deer we saw, um, I thought we were gonna kill it. It was a, uh, it was in that tall, you'll see it out there, whatever. Mm-hmm. This tall ass, it looks like tumbleweed shit. Doe stood up. We were driving and. uh stopped and he's like there's got to be a buck in there i'm gonna back up and uh he said they don't ever leave that they don't ever leave that you know meaning that that doe would just bed back down well that deer was smart as soon as he hit reverse that deer took off it looked like king kong running through the jungle you could see the top of the bushes moving Uh and he said he goes usually they'll stop dude if he comes out he'll stop it ran for 500 yards never stopped yeah but it was like a nine by seven or nine by 11. Oh, it was a big deer. And, I, you know, I got to watch it for 400 of those yards yeah. going away. And it dropped into the creek bottom. And we got down there we saw tons of other deer. That buck, he must have got in that creek bottom and snuck out. But he's like, man, I've never seen a deer. He's, you know, he said he's been shot at somewhere. He's smart. Because he said like, usually they'll pop out of that runaways and look mm. back to see if there was danger. And he's like, yeah, he didn't didn't look back. Yeah, normally,
0: <laughs> like, like in Texas almost, you could predict which deer – based on their, you know, 130, 140, 150, which ones are going to, like, bed back down, which ones are going to run for seven miles and disappear.
1: Yeah.
2: The
0: they are, the less they follow the the script. script.
1: This is a big, big buck. It had 40 inches on that one I shot in Alberta Easy. Did it? Oh, that's And that wasn't nearly as big as the buck that was in the wrong guy. It was in the other property. But, again, I think Alex said about every year they shoot a, he shoots mm-hmm. a two. Well, he guides someone over a two hundred incher. Yeah. Um. And I've seen some photos. So I mean, and, and he's um, he's got a lot of land out. I mean, he's got a pretty good operation out there. So.
0: There was one buck that um, the ranch guy up there, is pretty sure was pushing, you know, one ninety. Yeah. One eighty five, one ninety white That's tail. That's big. Yeah. And um, you know, and and you know, in Texas, there they could break out a rifle. Yeah drop that thing. But they haven't hunted that place with rifle in forever. Yeah. And you're sitting there watching these deer enter the rye field. And it would be like kind of like Alberta. It would be kind of like murder. Yeah, with like, a gun. With a gun. Yeah. It's almost so easy, it's kind of lame. And you but with a bow, it your game is barely getting started. That thing entered the field and he's like way on the other side and you're in your and you're trying to figure out how you're going to get this thing it's it's so different
1: yeah they were like what 300 yards away on their side of the field 500 how far was it
0: oh no they came to within my he he was within 80 yards yeah. of me multiple times yeah but 80 yards i'm not taking that shot on a whitetail
1: yeah they're quick
0: and i and he's not holding still he was checking every doe there was this really old buck that we were arguing whether which one was older but he was like I told you earlier, a sack of bones. Yeah, gaunt up hips. Yeah, and he was holding still. But he he was at 120 yards and never came closer. Um, I was thinking that's a shot Aaron could make, but it's not really my. I can't do it. I've I've learned my lesson this year that, you know, I've got a I've got a range and I've improved my shooting, you know, compared to when we first met, uh, uh, dramatically,
2: but. Um, Do you think you'll you'll stick with the uh, the the hinge release, or are you gonna switch it up next? It's year? interesting. I did a podcast with Phil
0: last night, Mendoza over mm-hmm. at No Limits, um, and he hunts with a hinge and has for a long time, and, and he talked about it. I could see myself actually um, doing some kind of release where it's uh, like a tension release with a tr- with a thumb trigger, mm-hmm. so I could switch back and forth if I want to, like if I want to command the shot, I can. But I've realized this, that one thing, um, they talked about was that everyone, Phil mentioned, everyone has pin movement. That's just it. Uh,
1: you just do. And depending on who you Hold are, on, folks, one second. Are you leaving? Are you doing We're almost done. Yeah, right. Santino stepped into the office.
0: <laughs> um, you know, you have pin movement and you just accept it. Right. Yeah. And, but certain guys have less than others, right? They're just so good at holding steady. And, um, and, uh, and I feel like, you know, I do pretty good. But when a live animal comes out, I get a rush. I just do. When I'm about to, to shoot an animal, I get a rush. And that adrenaline surge just makes it physically difficult for me to steady the way I can in other situations. Where I've seen Aaron, he, if he gets a rush... It doesn't. It's not like mine. Yeah. And I think a lot. Most guys probably get a rush like me. It's probably if you stack up enough animals. Like Broderick probably doesn't get the same rush. He, he certainly didn't seem to. No. I mean, I think he's he's, he's down there whacking does like it's his job. Well, that shit hundreds right. of pigs, yeah. <laughs> hundreds of does, hundreds yeah. of deer, and uh, I think that that you know that definitely helps those nerves probably calm way down.
1: But I think anytime, I think, I think I get more nervous when you or Frank or whoever Santino's behind it, and I'm not. Yeah, you know what I mean when I'm helping because it when you're in control, it's it's completely different than when you're out of control. Not to say any of you guys can't do it, but when it's you and you can't do shit other than sit there and watch, I get way more amped up from that. But I could well,
2: see that, like, dude. When you were uh, <clears throat> stalking that mule deer a few years ago uh, with the with the trad bow. He shot it from like five feet. He came over the hill and I saw him in the spotter right behind that buck, dude. And I just started shaking. Yeah, like, I couldn't stop shaking. I'm Isn't like, why am, shaking? <laughs> why am I shaking? Why am I shaking? He's like five yeah. feet from the deer. Dude, when I'm I like a mile Sloan,
0: away, a buck came just bedded behind us at 85 yards, and then it mm-hmm. walked right into range. And I was expecting Sloan to just draw and whack this thing. But um in the moment he grabbed his rangefinder instead. And and when he did that, his his release hit the rangefinder and the thing just turned but my adrenaline yeah force on sloan's behalf was like way worse than anything i'd experienced on my own that trip so i could see what you're saying snyder yeah what surprised me though what i've learned is um regardless though i do get this adrenaline rush and w- under that adrenaline load now if i have time it sort of like comes and goes comes and goes mm-hmm. like if the animal's out there for 30 minutes and by the time you finally get a shot, it's like you've exhausted your adrenaline. Mm-hmm. I'm actually usually more stable, you know, at a longer distance. But what I found is there's just a certain amount of shake I'm going to have because of the adrenaline that I just can't um, physically remove from the shot. So, by moving closer, my margin of error is just way, way smaller. Like Yeah. And so i'm much more i'm just like you know i think for me i i just i I physically
1: need to get closer if i want to have
0: a higher percentage shot
1: and uh, and it's and it's backwards for me if i had to shoot a long shot i'd I'd rather shoot the trigger or the the back the hinge yeah me too and if i yeah closer i the trigger i'll grip it and rip shit out of it with the trigger uh with the puncher phil explained it in the the um seminar the other day pretty well and I don't I don't think people necessarily got it um, and uh, Santino you're in here now what do you shoot for a release um,
0: <clears throat> I shoot that new stand as a thumb trigger. But I basically hook it up to a wrist strap, so I don't ever. But do a it. thumb button. That was my biggest concern mm-hmm. is when
2: I when I'm holding it, yeah. You know, just having a thumb release, leaving it somewhere because I. Yeah, for I've forget. I left eight hundred dollars of releases.
0: He's, He's got a over. thumb release that thumb. has a uh, an attachment to his. Wrist. Yeah.
1: So and he can, so he can control his with like a thumb, which is like you know same thing as oh, a wrist rocket. One's a thumb, one's the index finger. But Phil said if I had to make shoot one arrow it'd probably be with a puncher. But if I had to shoot five, I'd pick a back tension, which I agreed with. And uh, because one out of five with the trigger is going to be fucked up. <laughs> I mean, it just is. There's, I mean, you guys, I don't know if you'd agree, but if I had to shoot five at 100 with an index finger, I'm probably going to have three or four right in there, and one of them's probably going to be where I punched it or whatever. Where with a hinge, I concentrate on all five equally, and they're all good. Yep. Um,
0: nope, I, I would agree with that. That's why I think – long range i'm just far far more consistent with the hinge than trigger yeah because my own brain gets in the way with the with the trigger
1: yeah well and i yeah i mean i shoot i mean i've been i've been shooting a hinge a ton now lately and i shot a trigger probably 80 percent this year compared to a a back tension when i in, in including spring bear season but um I don't I mean for me it's back and forth next year who knows I'll probably shoot a hinge to hunt with and not in the wind though the wind sucks with the back tension it's uh it's not for me um that's where I got
0: I really got my confidence trampled on was trying to shoot animals
1: when you the hadn't been able to the hinge. practice ripping it off mm-hmm. that's the problem you got to really rip grip it and rip it henry ferguson could give you a full class <laughs> on how to rip a back tension <laughs> off i saw that man shoot when he was on he was on. Uh-huh. And I mean he'd shoot ten, twelve up on a twenty target course, just ripping the shit out of that thing. Of course, when he was off, he was off. But it can be done, but you gotta you gotta practice. You yeah. gotta practice ripping it. You gotta practice shitty forms. You gotta practice or bad. Well, habits.
0: and Phil mentioned it last night, you know. He's like, when I have the trigger, you know, he's like, I can command the shot. Um but when I have a hinge, I can command the shot too. And but most of the time he doesn't need to. He can just execute the shot the right way. Um, but he was saying the same thing. I, uh, you kind of taught me, Aaron. Is if I shoot with a back tension or, or a um, hinge release all the time, when I pull out the trigger, I have I carry all those good habits.
1: You only need it one good habit one time. One yeah. time. <laughs> but as soon
0: as I shoot that trigger for a few days or just start shooting multiple arrows through it, I'm back to crappy habits.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I'd say that's pretty true. And I think now, though, you've got a full, well, not a full year, but you've got a lot of time. One thing that I think you should try is shooting a five, well, I mean, you've probably done it, but I mean shooting a five spot with a back tension, Mm -hmm. especially under pressure, Um, you know, where you'll probably start, if I was to guess, you'll shoot a five spot and you'll probably chunk two to three blueberries the first time, maybe five. So you'll shoot a 295 with the way you are your, your brain will take over to where you're going to want to shoot a 300. And then, then, you know, over the next probably three to four weeks, you'll just, and you can, you can, this is something you can like log, measure. right? Measure. Yeah. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Um, law or measure. So that you'll get to a point where you'll go to 40 yards and shoot a five spot with a hinge. Once you're shooting 40 yards with a five spot shooting a 300, um, you pretty much in my, you got it pretty well dialed, right? Yeah. That way. Um, you know what I mean? Like, if you get a high X count at 20 yards, let's say you're up around, you know, 58 to 60 Xs on a 300 round. Mm-hmm. You're pretty much hitting a quarter or silver dollar, whatever it is, that each time. Um, I think that is when, especially under pressure, that is going to, I bet, like, even in a league and, and people that shoot a lot will think, oh, it's a league. It doesn't matter. It matters. I mean, any pressure matters. And I think that would be good for you to try. Plus, you know, boredom in the winter. You might as well do. Yeah you know something um makes it fun yeah it does it makes yeah. the shooting fun instead yeah. of just like a chore you know yeah and i, I mean for me i've got to do something to make it fun because i get bored shooting now yeah i don't like i don't like shooting a five spot in in tournaments uh say i have add and i don't like being like that close to a dude in front of me and a dude behind <laughs> me but uh <laughs> It is fun and it, it is nice to, to shoot and it's something you, it's very, very measurable. Um, I've been shooting that 70 pound bow a good bit now, just practicing with the, you know, the hinge and I'm not going to shoot the the 80 pounders too much. I may shoot more tournaments this year. Um, we'll yeah. see. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah. Frank? Yes. What are you doing? I'm listening. <laughs> what are you going to do, Frank? What am I gonna do? I yeah, you shot a hinge for a while now. On.
2: I'll do the same thing I did this year. I'll just I'll shoot the hinge for practice for most of the year and then about a month or three weeks before season I'll switch back to the trigger and practice with that. Yeah. It seems to work out pretty well for me.
1: What are you shooting for a hinge and a trigger?
2: Um Scott, uh the Scott anchor. I well I was using the Longhorn Three, which I got from you. And then I purchased a couple from Archery Talk and then I tried out a few. I tried out the TrueBall HT, um, Scott, Focus, and then the Anchor. And I like the Anchor the best. It's kind of like that full finger. It's heavy. It's a silver one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It felt the best for me in my hand. So, I like I like that one. So, that's what I'm shooting. Have either of you
1: used, like, John Dudley's? Yeah, he sent me one. Did he? Yeah. it's It's just, I think it's... I think Phil explained it the best. If I hadn't started with a hinge, I'd probably shoot one of those. But I started with a hinge, and I probably will live and die by it the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cody Covey's borrowing it now if you want it. You can try it. Um, oh, that's
2: the like the true back tension type.
1: The silver back. Yeah, I think it's called the silver back. I saw
2: Mick stick his tongue in that hole <laughs> on that thing. And I said, no, ah, that's that's not for me. Wait a minute. <laughs> you just went to a different level. <laughs> Oh, Uh, he was like, like, he said something like, keep hammering, I love John Dudley, and he stuck his tongue in the release, and I was like, all right, well, that's a little bit too far.
1: He does, and I like Mick, but what I hate is when I'm shooting and he's telling me something John Dudley just said, and I'm like, that's great and all, but can you come up with your own thought process on (laughs) shit rather than repeating what John Dudley said, and John's very... I said, "Well, we did too. We I sent a ton of people to Johnny. Super, he's a great coach and and very knowledgeable. But the thing is, is I'm not going to just. I have no reason to switch to one of those. But I would. I try to send people to those types of releases. I just shot a back tension hinge style release forever. Mm-hmm.
2: So that's what I'm comfortable with. Yeah. But
0: I shot um, bows at Phil's last night. Yeah, um, trying out all the different new bows that are out. Yeah, and um they have, and then I used all these different releases they had there.
1: Yeah, they got a pile of them.
0: And um, man, it, it's it's nice because I feel so confident with a hinge now compared to, I remember the first time I, I thought I was gonna punch myself in the face or I'd flinch, you know, Ginch on the shot. And uh, now, you know, you pick that thing up and it's really, it's so easy to execute a good shot with a hinge,
2: mm-hmm. it really is. Yeah, it's so, fun. Um, yeah, for uh, I got a p2 in it.
1: yeah I gotta call Allie. well folks sorry
2: <laughs> go ahead finish no, up Frank I don't know I was just gonna
1: talk about the trigger I was
2: using but it's just the drop, the hamsky drop time which I don't think they make anymore anyway so
1: gotcha well no I've, I just looked at my phone and and the company uh, people in this building are calling me which is probably not a good sign um, so either way everybody thanks for tuning in it's good to have Brian on here Santino. I didn't know you were coming or we would have had a mic ready, but we'll do another one with you in the next probably to try to do one with Santino next week. Are you good with that, man? He's sporting a sexy beard, by the way. Yes that
2: beard is unrivaled. Unrivaled beard.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh Lord. All right, well thanks for tuning in, everybody.